welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that give us thinking, get us talking, get us feeling, get us imagining, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do a bit more because we made the connection. Our topic today is exploring peace. And what better day to do that than the time that we have to honor Martin Luther King Day, which will be on Monday, January 21st. But here on the 19th, we're here to talk about what does peace mean and what does how does peace matter and how do we achieve peace and how do we work towards peace. We have wonderful people who are joining us uh, to talk about that. We have Mark Riestow, who is the... Um, peace advocate and author of A Hero Dreams. And I did pronounce your name wrong. Ristow. Ristow, thank you. You got it. I I default to Ristow. I don't know why, but it's Ristow. Perfectly okay. Ristow. I also have community weavers uh, in equity and social justice. I have Kate Towell. Welcome, Kate. Hi. Towell. Glad you're here. Toll. Yes, yes. yes, yes. (laughs) Having fun with names today. I was just corrected recently. (laughs) And Antonia... Apolinario Wilcoxon. And you are both community weavers in equity and social justice, and I'm glad you're both here. Thank, Thank you. you. And we have Rose McGee. Rose, who is the founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie. Good morning. So glad you're here. Now, I also want to do a special welcome to Mark and Kate and Antonia. Because you are my co-producers for this show and for two other shows in 2019. And do you want to share, Kate, the, the mission that you have as a group in sharing this series on peace? Yes, um, we are the Dreamweavers. Uh, we are three writers and artisans of peace who've come together to honor humanity's tapestry, explore what causes it to become unraveled, and spark new ways to weave a collective dream worthy of the human spirit. And in this first show, in this first segment, we're talking about the beloved community. And what what better way to look at that than from a dream weaver perspective? So tell me about it. Tell me about Martin Luther King's vision for beloved community and how you resonate with that. Well, we, we thought that too. We thought that this being Martin Luther King... Um, weekend and holiday of service that it was a great weekend to introduce our work and um, we we know that Dr. King talked about the beloved community it was it's actually a form of connection that um, awakens the social self so we have we have our private self and we have our social self and and we have to ground that in shared humanity um, Martin Luther King actually got the idea from an American theologian, and his name was Josiah Royce. He lived from 1855 to 1916, and he was the founder of the Fellowship of Reconciliation, so he offered that term first. Um, Dr. King took that word and uh, phrase And he recognized the importance of enforcing civil rights and economic justice, but he went one step further. Uh, He wanted to bridge the divides of prejudice and mistrust to seek reconciliation. And that's a whole other level of building community. But in this beloved community, there is a sense of reconciliation. You know, there is a sense of how how do we all come together and, and what does that mean? You know, for all of us to be working towards equity. Um, in an earlier conversation, we talked about, and you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation with this one, Ubuntu. 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 Yes. And Antonio, you had first shared with me about Ubuntu. But Kate and uh, Antonio, tell me more about this concept. Okay, well, um, first of all, it's great to have Rose McGee here uh, with Sweet Potato Comfort Pie. She's the founder and a philanthropist, <laughs> and we ground our work in Ubuntu. Um, we were inspired um, by um, this word. It's a Zulu word, and it's the spiritual foundation of African societies. Um, and it means, I am because you are. You are because I am. It means so we I, exist in relationship. 
Absolutely. It means I am who I am because of who we are. So we have to get both pieces of that healthy. We have to get the I healthy, and we have to get the we healthy. It comes from a Zulu maxim, um, umuntu, gumuntu, gabantu, which means a person is a person through other persons. So it's, it's describing the web of inextricable human connection. Did you want to yeah. say something, too, about that, Antonia? I was very interested when uh, I was at the conference and I read uh, what uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu uh, wrote about the word Ubuntu. And he said, a person with Ubuntu is open and available to others, affirming to others, does not feel threatened that others are able and good, for he or she knows that he or she belongs in a greater whole and is diminished when others are humiliated or diminished or treated as if they were less than who they are. So it's that shared understanding, that shared experience that we are really linked and there is no separation. You know, in our society, so often it's about the individual, and it's about individual achievement. But even with a lot of achievement, there's not really a... I have noticed that folks that strive for individual achievement don't necessarily feel happy, don't necessarily feel connected, don't necessarily feel that sense of Ubuntu, of existence because of a relationship that allows us to be... Yes. Well, and there are so many health implications that we're finding. It's amazing when you start to study Ubuntu and the impact of a healthy community. Um, and this isn't about people coming together who believe the same things and want to feel part of a group. That can create groupthink and some unhealthy things. Sure. This isn't about fitting in. This is about coming into community and being fully who you are. And finding a space that recognizes you and honors you as you are. And um, the gifts that you bring. Yeah, and it's interesting we have Rose here because there is a, there is a concept, a theory called the Rosito effect um, for a town in Pennsylvania that had an unusually low rate of heart disease. And they, they attributed that to a caring, active community. It was a community with a very close web of connections. And they found when they studied the community in Pennsylvania that the people had a lower rate of heart disease. Mm -hmm. So this has health implications. Um, when you talk about capitalism, um, we're finding that... Um, you know, there are pieces of that that we have to really rework mm -hmm. in our society. Um, just to bring in some more history, in Native American nations that flourished in 1000 uh, AD, um, there were a couple of tribes called the Anasazi and Cahokia tribes, and they rotated their services in community. They changed roles to help the whole. So. They did building, planting, making tools. Everybody was able to do all those things. And, and it, it helped them flourish. It strengthened the social fabric of the tribe. And they saw themselves as individual spirits with many skills, not just in one role. So I think this builds our capacity. And that's a really healthy thing for everybody. Um, and, and just another thing on that, there's molecular and biological <laughs> evidence of our oneness. Um, when two living heart cells are taken from different people and placed in a Petri dish, they will over time find a third common beat. Hmm. And so we can draw our vitality and strength from these, these you know, glimpses into community fabric. And beloved community. Tell me more about how you see this as a beloved action. Well, um, back to Dr. King um, and, and his wanting to get to the point of reconciliation. Um, so the beloved community would be achieving that reconciliation. It would be what that looks like. Uh, you know, and it, it is a dream. It remains a dream, but it's when we really do understand our deep connectedness with one another and, and that comes from a place of respect, and it comes from a place of respecting ourselves. So um, if we have internalized oppression or we have internalized violence and, and we, can, we can come to that respect through others loving us from a beloved community, 
then we can get to a place where our minds, our hearts, and our spirits are integrated. And we, we start to see that we're part of a loving web of connection that relies and flourishes on our contributions. And is indispensable to each other. Absolutely. And that, that sense that one is not better or greater than. Um, but what that equality means and what that respect means and places at the table. Do we all have that place at the table? I know that you want to be promoting something that you care very deeply about that we'll also be talking towards the end of the show. But tell me a little bit about your own experience in working with the sweet potato comfort pie and how that celebrates the beloved community. Well, it's remarkable. Today we'll be baking 90 pies to celebrate Martin Luther King's 90th birthday. This is our fifth annual um, holiday of service in Golden Valley at Brookview Community Center. And um, it's exciting for us. We're bringing together over 30 volunteers um, who work together in the kitchen. And they take on different pieces um, most of the people in the kitchen can fulfill those different roles, as we were talking about. And the goal is to bake these pies, but also in between baking sessions, we have dialogue about about our pie identity <laughs> and the different parts of the different ingredients of the pie and the different ingredients within us that strengthen our communities. And if folks want to learn more about the sweet potato comfort pie, do you have a website that we can promote or uh, uh, something to let people know? Um, well, actually, um, what would you say, Rose? We can we can direct people to. I'm going to have you um, give your uh, email address. It's KT Muse M U S E at CenturyLink.net. So for more information, get a hold of Kate, and Kate will give you all the information you need to know to get be a part of this. There you go. And you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And you're listening to Connections Radio Show. And we'll be right back. And we're going to be talking about what separates us. Uh, what are the shadows? So stay tuned after a few short commercials. Brighten your winter with an optimistic tribute to the invincible human spirit. Girl Friday Productions presents Thornton Wilder's Pulitzer Prize-winning classic, The Skin of Our Teeth. The Skin of Our Teeth plays February 7th through March 3rd. Fresh, unexpected, and very funny, this tale is surprisingly relevant for today. Follow the trials of an eternal American family residing in prehistoric and contemporary New Jersey. They survive the Ice Age, the Great Flood, World War, and family strife, all with their hope intact. Joel Sass directs this large cast production on stage at Park Square Theatre. The Skin of Our Teeth previews begin February 7th with opening night February 9th. Don't miss The Skin of Our Teeth, a comedy of epic proportions. Oh, did we mention the dinosaur? Visit parksquaretheater.org for tickets. Warning, stand-up records may cause intestinal distress, fits of insane laughter, instant diarrhea, existential malaise, headaches, nausea, dizziness, vomiting, seasonal affective disorder, more headaches, pneumomono ultramicroscopic silicovolcanoconiosis. Stand-up records should not be handled by women who are pregnant, may become pregnant, have ever been pregnant, or personally know anyone who has been pregnant. Do not consult your doctor if he's operating heavy machinery. Stand-up records is for external application only. And stand-up records is, of course, good for a few laughs. So remember that standuprecords.com. For the world's finest comedy CDs, DVDs, and merchandise, that's standuprecords.com. The revolution will be hilarious. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuske, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan, LLP, rewriting the odds for their clients for over 80 years. We are awake. 
I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. And welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And we also have the Dreamweavers, as you heard in the song. Uh, we have a group that are coming together that share their visions of peace. Artists and writers that care about peace, and we're going to have a series that's kicking off with this show that explores peace. And today we're celebrating the Martin Luther King Day, which is going to be on Monday, uh, January 21st, just around the corner. And... We're exploring what are the various dimensions of peace. And we have from the Dreamweaver group, Mark Ristow, who is the who is a peace advocate and author of a award-winning book, uh, Hero Dreams. Welcome, Mark. Hello. So glad you're here today. Me too. Uh, and Mark's a dear friend for many, many years. Over 25 years, I think. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been good friends. Uh, the Community Weavers in Equity and Social Justice, Kate Toll. And I have our friend Antonio Apolinario Wilcoxon. And I have the founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie, Rose McGee. So glad you're here. So in this segment, we're exploring shadows. Uh, and in Mark's book, you explore the challenges of, of those shadows uh, from childhood on in, in your book about the hero, the hero dreams. Um, Tell me about how you feel about, especially young men, going through that sense of separateness and feeling fragmented. Well, the book explores this idea, and to me it's no more than an illusion, that we're actually separate from each other and that we're not connected. So it's the antithesis of what we were talking about earlier with respect to the beloved community and weaving a community that is inextricably connected at a very deep primal level. Um, but too often, especially I think in with with respect to how we raise young boys, we we instill upon them a different set of values that are valued quite highly. Uh, I think in this culture that we've developed over the last hundred, two hundred thousand years, whatever it is, and it's the idea that in order to succeed or even survive. We as young men, or perhaps even as young women, we need to um, prevail over the other guy. Be the alpha. Be the alpha male. And in order to succeed, someone else has to lose. It's like the idea that life is a zero-sum game and that there's only a limited number of resources and we need to compete for those resources. And it sounds quite a lot like capitalism, doesn't it? A limited pie instead of making the pie bigger. Well, and it ignores the idea that when we collaborate, that the resources somehow make themselves available and and what we can create together becomes almost infinite. It's only limited by our ability to think creatively and to let go of limiting beliefs. And so this book does explore the idea that we're separate, and it explores this idea through the eyes of a child. And I did that intentionally because I think children have a certain type of wisdom that many of us have, uh, as adults have lost track of, the wisdom of seeing things ha- as they really are, rather than based on a series of, of conditioned beliefs and ideas that we've accumulated over time. And not all of them serve us quite well, actually. And so the book looks at this idea and what happens when we feel like we have no other choice but to um, lash out each, at each other through either acts of psychological violence or even physical violence. I know that you were very active in the uh, September nonviolence mm-hmm. uh, programs and how your character evolves in order to deal with the anger and to deal with being bullied. Um, 
gives a sense of what are the possibilities to not be fragmented. What are the possibilities right. to collaborate? And so when he opens his art to the his heart to the possibility of something other than this this zero sum game world he's living in, um, all kinds of possibilities. And actually, the possibilities that arise are those to which our mind doesn't have a whole lot of access. It's the it's that world of mystery. And in the book, the boy actually comes to a point in his journey where he's faced with a choice. He comes up to the threshold. And he knows, because he's listening to this voice inside his head, that there is something out there um, that offers him possibility. And without really knowing what that world looks like, he has to dig deep within himself to find the courage to take that next step. And, and is the next step moving away from the toxicity, you know, the toxicity of, of the anger and the violence? and Well, quite literally in the book, because this is a point in the book where he's being chased by, these, by his antagonists, those who not only want to do him harm, they want to kill him. So he's literally and metaphorically leaving that toxicity behind. And by taking that step across the threshold, he's embracing a new, a new consciousness. He's, he's willing to transform the way he is in the world. And looking at, at a deeper dive with the toxicity, mm -hmm. with that... Um, there's there's not only anger, but then there's also shame. There's there's the, yeah. the the whole challenge of you have a limited number of emotions you can express. Right is how I see the toxicity in 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 our culture with especially with masculinity. You have a limited amount of emotions, and then those those can actually start eating you up. Yeah, and when it, when a young boy or a young person feels separate from community. That's when that sense of shame starts to set in. And I think it's a question that we can begin to talk to as a community and here in this room is, what is the, the root cause or this source of shame? I know that it happens from my own experience when we feel separate or we feel like we don't belong to the beloved community. But what's at the heart of that? What's at the root cause? And maybe... But you also, I think, during a time when perhaps you finally hit a trauma wall that you start to realize because I think there's a sense of just being able to get along to get along and but it, at a certain moment when trauma hits that's right. when you have to kind of reevaluate so it may not feel good but at least it's familiar right and we tend to go toward what's familiar rather than what's the unknown what's what what mystery lies on the other side of the threshold so it's you're right it's not until oftentimes we hit rock bottom and and Alcoholics Anonymous talks quite a bit about how often we won't seek help. We won't even be willing or even know that help is available until we've hit rock bottom. And it's that sense, it's that, it's that idea of having the courage to ask for help from the community. And to be aware that there are other choices. I yeah. think sometimes within the toxic masculinity, there's almost a sense that well, this is all there is. These are the um, this is the the limited. This is this is just it. This is you know this is how life is. I mean, when we're not aware of this, that another world exists, of course, where's the motivation going to come to cross the threshold? And I need to go into this room, and, and I need to be the top dog, and I need to make sure everyone knows it, and I'm going to bully everyone that you know comes my way right. to make sure that there is order. And somehow there's a sense, well, that's the way it's supposed to be until we question into it, going, is there more? Can there be more? And what could that look like? But I think in a conversation and coming down at the end of the segment that I had with Kate at one point is sometimes you have to look at those shadows. You have to look at that pain in order to say... You have to be willing to walk through the dark of night to embrace the light of the morning. And with that, we're going to take a short break, but come back because we're going to keep talking about how to move from isolation into community. You're listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Rose McGee, founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pies. I invite you to celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s 90th birthday and our Sweet Potato Comfort Pies' fifth annual holiday of service. We'll experience the deep roots of African-American culture and its time-tested practice for fostering healing and constructive action. In the South, where Dr. King led his groundbreaking work for civil rights, Sweet Potato Pie has always been the sacred dessert of black culture. On Saturday, January 19th at Calvary Lutheran Church in Golden Valley, volunteers will bake 90 pies in honor of Dr. King. Then on Sunday, January 20th at Brookview Community Center in Golden Valley, community members will share their own stories to promote racial solidarity and healing, and together will determine who to recognize with a pie for comfort or courage. So to beg, register or donate, please email us at sweetpotatocomfortpies at gmail.com. Together, we'll keep our eyes on the pies. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The stage is set with a motionless tableau, the actors frozen in mid-action, their faces conjuring up an ancient freeze. At the snap of fingers, the spell is broken. The statues spring to life and Antigone begins. Park Square Theatre presents Antigone on stage February 1st through March 3rd. A reimagined adaptation of this classic Greek drama explores civil disobedience, fidelity, and a family torn apart by pride. This electric production brings the action directly on stage with an all-female cast playing the roles. The battles between the laws of the gods and the laws of the people rages. Who is right when all are certain? What are you willing to die for? Be a part of this epic event at Park Square Theater in St. Paul. Tickets and more at parksquaretheater.org. That's parksquaretheater.org. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Hawes. Saturday, sunny with a high near 9. Sunday, chance of snow, mostly cloudy with a high near 12. And Monday, cloudy with a high near 21. Standard Heating is celebrating 89 years of business this January. And you can save over $1,900 on a high-efficiency furnace and AC or boiler. Find more anniversary savings at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, comfort you deserve. Radio show where we are featuring the Dreamweavers, who are coming together to talk about peace. Uh, as you know, I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and you're listening to Connections Radio Show. And our topic today is exploring peace with Martin Luther King Day coming up right around the corner on January 21st, this Monday. We have Mark Ristow, who just shared with us about his vision of peace. Uh, he is a peace advocate and author of A Hero Dreams, and shared a little bit about his book, The Hero Dreams. I encourage you, if you miss that, go to our podcast and, and listen up. Uh, we also had our friend Kate Towell, who is a community weaver on equity and social justice, share her insights on what does it mean for beloved community as we look to celebrate Martin Luther King's legacy. And in this segment, Antonia Apollinario Wilcoxon will be also sharing about moving from isolation into community. And one way that we celebrate that will be talked about in the fourth segment with Rose, who is the founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie and how that takes place in community. Antonia, 
tell me about your sense of moving from isolation into community. We, we talked about Martin Luther King's vision. Mark talked about the sense of isolation, especially that men can have and not knowing how to be in collaboration. Tell me about your ideas. I think that Dr. King and uh, reflected best. And when he talked about the beloved community, he was not necessarily dreaming that we're going to reach paradise and everything is going to be just fine. First, we need to do that deep examination, just what Mark uh, demonstrated for us. And looking at the root causes, why, what causes us to become so separate and sometimes not as loving to each other, sometimes it's shame. What are some of the things that we feel either guilty about or that we know that lives within us and we're not so proud? I love Renee Brown's work in which she developed a shame resilience theory. And I'm not going to read everything, but... but it, let me pause here just for a second. A shame resilience. So this is how we can um, become resilient against feeling shamed. How we can acknowledge that shame and still overcome it so that we can build community. Because sometimes we are isolated because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be fragile in order to reach out to the other. So, so is there part of her quote that you'd like to, to share? Well, I think that she talks a lot about how shame is uh, you're bad. That's how we sometimes describe it. You're disposable. In other words, instead of thinking of you did something, you are capable of doing something good. When people ever change, it's when they come to realize that I have experienced that shame. I am responsible for the pain that I may have caused, but this does not necessarily need to separate me from the other. So it's it's more than empathy, isn't it? it? It's a recognition. Shame is actually, as Renee uh, writes, is the opposite of empathy. Yeah. When you move away from shame, you're more empathic with the other. You're walking into someone else's shoes. Because if you, I remember someone telling me about uh, there are some tri there was a tribe in Africa where you actually had to have your ankle broken in order to be a leader. And that was to encourage a sense of empathy, that there was that we're all broken in some way, shape, or form. So how do we how do we become whole together? And that acknowledgement is what puts us at the same level. I think that when we do circle practice, for example, we are shoulder to shoulder. Nobody's sitting at that head table. Mm -hmm. Everyone is sitting around the circle, and that's when we start to really be in community, not as individual, but as a collective. And have you experienced that sense of, of what that looks like in, in a, a practice, in a day-to-day, and -day, something that's happened that you went, yes, this is a sense of community. This is how we can overcome that sense of isolation. I think my previous work uh, for a state agency in which I was trying to bring a deeper understanding about why do we have such disparities between certain populations in the state of Minnesota receiving publicly funded services and not others. Mm -hmm. And when we come into a room to discuss that, the first discussions are extremely difficult because you have a collection of emotions in this space. Because people don't want to feel guilty. People do not want to feel guilty. They do not want to be assigned a responsibility that they don't find fair. Mm. And at the same time, it's all operating, I think, on the surface. Because as the days went by in which we continue to meet, there was a shared understanding and a shared resolve that we need to find solutions, but we need to find solutions together. And that's the community. Does it also happen that when we start hearing each other's stories? I've always believed that when you start to hear someone's story and you can relate to that story, that's also when your heart opens and wants to be in more collaboration. Extremely important and very powerful because you can see within a room 
when those start to listen to what it is to receive publicly funded services and what experience did I have. That person on the other side of the room never imagined that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. So then you have the stories that are woven together. They become everyone's stories. Mm When you understand someone's story, it can also become your own story. And that relatability, uh, I think, allows us to, to go beyond. And, and then getting back to that, that, what we talked about in the first segment, that I am because you are, that sense of we uh, becomes yes. more real. Ubuntu, Ubuntu. Yes. And it's what Dr. King really talked about, that we are tied together in the single garment of destiny caught in an inescapable network of mutuality. Mutuality. Excuse me, my English. Oh, no. It's but it's good. just very true that when we come to a level and say, I'm not that much superior to you, and I'm not that inferior to you either, mm -hmm. but we're in a mutual understanding. We're in a shared experience in which when you suffer pain, I too share in that pain. And when you experience love, I too experience love. And we all do better when we all do better. Exactly. That's one of my favorite legislators used <laughs> yes. to say. Yes. In honor. Shout uh, out to Paul Wellstone. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's Who really was also inspired by Martin Luther King in his word and deed mm. uh, in creating a sense of community that, that we all belong Yes, I think that he very much embraced that, and we are lucky to have had him here in Minnesota as someone who inspired us. So as folks are listening today and, and thinking about Martin Luther King Day and um, creating a sense of community, do you have some ideas of things that folks can do to help go from isolation into community, some things that they might want to be thinking about in reaching out and, and listening to each other? I think that a great opportunity is one of my favorite storytellers and now the founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie. And I know that during the baking in that experience, we are going to be listening to stories. We are going to be sharing our own stories. And I think to do community service in which there will be plenty of opportunities is a great way to connect in community, to be in community. And when we learn more about others, I think we grow and we learn more about ourselves as well. So often we don't talk about that social service. You know, that, that being grateful and giving back um, can actually help us grow. Exactly. And that's a unique experience. And I know you've spoken a lot about that, Kate, in, in your feelings about uh, the sweet potato comfort pie and how much you grow in by uh, supporting this program. Absolutely. It, it teaches us to, it, it teaches us that, there's a whole life of community beyond ourselves, but that we um, also enrich that life. That life enriches us and we enrich it. And, and it's a beautiful bi-directional um, sense of connection. Rose, I know that we're going to be talking with you more in the next segment, but perhaps in this end of this last segment, you can share a little bit about what inspired you to create um, this uh, the celebration. Well, celebration, I, I, you know, it didn't start in any sort of a celebratory manner. I was um, very, very um, disheartened and saddened by what was going on in Ferguson, Missouri, mm -hmm. and was wondering what I could do about that. And uh, something said to me, and as I always say, being a spiritual woman, I just feel that God said. Get in there and make some sweet potato pies. It's what you can do. And I did. Um, threw about 30 of them in my trunk. My son was in town at the time, and I said, you want to go with me? He said, are you serious? I said, yeah, I am serious. And we drove down. We made some connections, you know, before going, and... Um, Therefore, we were able to not just come barging in and say, here, take these pies. But we um, connected with some, a, a pastor, actually, in St. Louis, right on the border of Ferguson and, and, and St. Louis, who had families who were impacted and invited us to um, 
he, he, he invited himself to be our guide. And it, that's how it started. We went down, um, and even people that I approached with pies, it was always um, a request. It was an ask. Would you be willing to take one of these pies? I'd like to gift it to you. And uh, overwhelm is how people were, you know, because, you know, the sweet potato pie is a very controversial kind of dessert, as probably many desserts are in various cultures. People believe can't nobody make sweet potato pie like my mama <laughs> or whoever the endearing person happens to be. So here I am with the sweet potato pie from Minnesota. And they'd look at it and, and they were so pretty and so kind uh, of, of, of a big risk there, right? But they received them and people generally would receive them and be in tears that something like that would be given to them. So coming back home, um, my son was just uh, in awe and he just kept, kept saying, I, I can't believe what just happened back there. There's something, something special. Yeah, something had happened back there with, and there were so many stories. And so, um, but the, the, the main thing was we discovered people wanted to be heard and people who were not, we gave pies to some people who were not necessarily in Ferguson. But it just felt like, that person needs a pie, I can tell. <laughs> and one woman, um, she couldn't believe this was being given to her. She was a young lady. They were out at dinner celebrating the fact that she was just getting her nurse's license. But in the hospital was her premature child that she had not been able to bring home. And so she just wept. So we came back and started it in Golden Valley. And we'll hear more about this in the next segment on Sweet Potato Pie. You're listening to Connections Radio Show on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong. Think about it. They all hold the hate. Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate. Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show, your source for elder care and caregiver solutions, inviting you to listen to our live call-in show airing on Saturdays from noon to one. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding elder care and caregiver issues to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your best quality of life. Please join us this Saturday from noon to one for the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show and learn more about us at minnesotahospice.com. Defend your vehicle from harmful elements and restore shine with Armor All Canister Wipes. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up Armor All Canister Wipes for $3.99. Easily remove dirt, dust, and grime with Armor All Canister Wipes on sale for $3.99 at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Minnesota's very best appliance shoppers choose Warner Stellion, home of the lowest price guarantee and trusted free services. Warner Stellion's in-store specialists will help you choose what's best for you. If it's worth considering, Warner Stellion has it. And now through the 23rd, we guarantee our price is lowest. Save more with our trusted free delivery, basic installation, haul-away, and no interest financing. Don't wait. Get in on special appliance savings now through January 23rd from Minnesota's own Warner Stellion. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. 
We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we're talking with Dreamweavers. Dreamweavers who want to talk about peace. They are artists. They are writers. They are advocates. They are thoughtful souls that are bringing together ideas for us to talk about. And especially this weekend, as we're getting ready for Martin Luther King Day on January 21st, we have um, great people. Mark Ristow, peace advocate and author of A Hero Dreams. Welcome, Mark. Uh, we have the Community Weavers in Equity and Social Justice, Kate Toll, and Antonia Apolinario Wilcoxon. Welcome. Thank you for your sharing. And we have Rose McGee, who is the founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie, who was sharing in the last segment how you got started and how you took these wonderful sweet potato pies uh, down to Ferguson when folks really needed it, when their hearts were perhaps feeling uh, isolated, and, and anger and frustration, and you brought community, and you brought community through pie. More so, and thank you, um, more so when I got back home um, to Minnesota to, f- to determine what do we do right here, because our communities tend to function in denial, and wanted to be able to bring our folks together in Golden Valley in particular, because that's where I live, in a, in a way where they could start getting to know each other. And as we've talked about already, getting to hear each other's stories. So for Sweet Potato Comfort Pie, which was born out of that trip to Ferguson, we created um, this, this ideal of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie, a catalyst for caring and building community. So it gives, um, it gives people an opportunity to come together and work in harmony with each other to um, really um, act out, if you will, the spirit of Ubuntu, which we've talked about. And we have students, we have um, older people, we have younger people, we have men, we have women, we have Jewish people, we have Christians, we have um, people of all walks of life who come and make pies. And And how many pies are you going to be making? Well, as uh, Kate mentioned earlier, we'll be uh, baking today uh, 90 of them (laughs) because that's the age that Dr. King would be if he were alive today. And that is pretty significant. It's amazing how many people don't even know how old Dr. King would have been. But now that we're doing this, people can say, uh, yeah, I know how old Dr. King would have been. Because we see this amazing, uh, powerful young man, all of the pictures. 33. He passed at 33. Well, no, 38, 39. Oh, okay. And that was, um, that's what we see mm-hmm. pictures of then, right? Yeah. So anyway. Um, oh, he started a lot of his work at 33. That's where I got the yeah, he, yeah, he well, even younger than that, yeah. because he was a very young young man who grew up in um, in a, in a a, a spiritual community. His father was a pastor and everybody around and his mother was very much an activist. His mother actually is one unsung hero that we don't hear about as much. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, she, if you recall, she was actually killed right there in the church. Um, violence is such an ugly part of our history and we're seeing it um, so it's played out so so much right now. Um, one of the things that we we've done with the pies, um, as Kate was my inspiration for it, is when the shootings occurred in um, Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. Uh, we took pies down there, and I was amazed at how people were so moved by that gesture. Um, I thought we were just doing this because this is something we felt but it meant so much to them and and actually one of the city officials said to me even though money has come into the community and money is needed you know to help people move on with all of these losses this 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 gesture 
comes from the heart in a different way. And um, people in Minnesota should know how much it means to us. Because again, the sweet potato pie, of all things, and I consider it to be the sacred dessert of black culture because I grew up with it. And no matter where you go for anything that had something special attached to it, it was a sweet potato pie. And that's, that's the bridge to the heart. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is. And that's how how we, we see it. And, and, and now we've got even greater needs for people to come together. Our process for tomorrow is not just that you come and you eat pie, but you're eating pie in circle with community. You're having conversations and you're sharing stories and you're listening to each other about tough issues such as race. Um, but then you get a chance to talk about who you'd like to gift those 90 pies to. And I'll listen to your story, Mark, and yours, and, and, and then... I'll go, hmm, you know what? I really like that story that you just shared about um, your grandfather and you'd like to take a pie to him. And we come to a consensus at, you know, in these groups. So off those 90 pies go into the community all over the place. And we never know where they're going to land. And so that's... Networks through stories. And yes, and that's another <laughs> a, a unique piece to this this whole concept so we we want people to leave inspired we want them to leave uplifted because you know the whole concept of beloved community has so many uh connotations and one of them certainly is that people will feel that there's something that they can do that they will in fact as paul wolf still said um do better being better and 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 if you don't sometimes people don't know what that means right. so we treat our sessions as though they are baby step beginning we're not trying to bring people together to throw them with a, a lot of heavy loftiness we want them to come in a simple manner of hearing so we have people each year who speak who have either given pies or received pies. And that's the power of, of it as well. We're not necessarily trying to find um, flamboyant peacemaker. I mean, um, um, what do you call them? Celebrities. Yes, yes. And, and the other thing. Uh, those people that speak. Professional <laughs> speakers. Keynote speakers. We're, we're not looking for necessarily, I mean, those are great people to have, mm -hmm. but we like them if they've received a pie <laughs> so if, if, if whoever's coming to speak with us they've either received a pie or they have given a pie and they get to talk about what that meant it meant a lot for us to hear um uh peter hayden um jeff hayden peter's his dad <laughs> jeff hayden talk about um how their family had received pies when his sister was killed mm -hmm. in atlanta and um for we had someone oh Keith Ellison has always been with oh. us as well so that's what we do that's what we're about and we, we look forward um, we're is it time to shut yeah, up yeah I'm sorry I got it okay alright <laughs> join us tomorrow um, 2 to 4.30pm at Brookview Community Center in Golden Valley and if you want to join us today for baking be sure and contact Kate Toll at ktmuse at centurylink.net and a special wish to all to celebrate the beloved community by telling people you care. Doing something for them is good. And keep your eyes on the pies. And happy <laughs> birthday, Dr. King. Happy birthday, Dr. King. Number 90. Thank you, Dr. King. Oh,